Hello, and welcome to At First Glance, a podcast where we take a glance at books, movies, television, anime, video games, and pretty much anything else. I am joined by my co-host, Russell Andrade, and I'm Byron Shipp. Welcome, everyone. We're reviewing The Long Halloween Part 1 and 2, the next Batman animated movie from DC. So, Russell, what did you think of this one? You know, as a massive fan of the comic, I thought this one was done really well. I mean, they almost never fell with Batman animated movies, and this is just another one that knocks it out of the park. I only hope in the future that we can just get really other good stories with more Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, The Question, and other characters. But this is just another movie they knocked out of the park for Batman. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was um, it was the dark and gritty stuff that I really love about Batman. It's one of those things where, like, I think people really didn't like Batman versus Superman. A lot of people didn't like a BVS, but this was I definitely I enjoyed that movie just because I do prefer the darker side of Batman. You know, the guy's gritty. He's you know he's in the street. He's doing kind of crazy stuff. And it's not. And that's the thing about this with the Long Halloween. It's it's really interesting because. This Batman isn't, this is like Batman like year two or year three, it seems like to me. And I, I don't watch the comic, but I don't, I've never read the comic books, but I, I just seemed like, you know, that's what I liked about this one, that he was a flawed Batman. He wasn't that complete Batman where he's like the, you know, when Rachel Ghoul calls him, you know, you're the world's best detective. In this one, he's like the world's worst detective. And it's interesting to see the flaws and the fact that he like admitted like in this in part one and part two that yeah I I I'm out of my league here I don't I don't know how to ha- I'm enfor- I'm an enforcer I'm not a, a detective and uh, it was funny because even uh, Calendar Man even reflected is like yeah you need to kind of get your game up there buddy and definitely enjoyed that part of it well absolutely and I also like the idea that different characters have different skill sets you have one character that's smarter you have one character that's more agile you have one character that's more on the detective uh yeah so uh following the comics real quick there is a a comic series very famous by uh, frank miller called batman year one and then jeff loeb who actually comes from tvs and movies and stuff he actually did some movies with like arnold schwarzenegger and stuff he was one of the first big names to actually do a comic uh, in the 90s, um, shortly after that movie, Silence of the Lambs, where, which is where they borrow Calendar Man, who's like a C-list villain who actually they turned into an awesome villain. This is the first time they did that, where they're like, oh, we're just going to borrow a famous movie like Silence of the Lambs and have our own Hannibal Lecter in Calendar Man. And uh, so anyway, this storyline does fit right after uh, the events of Batman Year One. And so Batman was created in the 40s, which is where he was fighting mobsters and stuff. And so this movie and the comic also kind of goes back in time where there were mobsters and stuff. And so Batman was fighting mobsters and stuff on his like year one and year two. This movie also touches on the influence of having a Batman will create a Joker, will create a Scarecrow or a Penguin. If you have one character who's so iconic and interesting on this side, the, the balance is, you know, the, the other side, the bad guys are going to come up with their own crazy villains. You know, you go through World War One and Two, where someone comes up with a flamethrower, someone else comes up with a flamethrower. You build a tank, another group builds a better tank, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this, this movie, this, uh, this comic does that. This comic and the animated movie touch on that. It's like, if you have Batman who's considered a freak, now the villains are equally on the other side as freaks as well. 
Yeah, I, I totally get that because Falcone is kind of your standard mobster, you know, it went Godfather, right? Like I think total Godfather kind of thing. But then it takes a, 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 you know, a twist to the weird when he starts, you know, employing, you know, Scarecrow and and all these other guys, and the Joker just kind of comes out of nowhere, and he feels like his act is getting, you know, taken from this person who's who's killing people on these different holidays. And Falcone is your quintessential, you know, Don Godfather, and that's what I like about it. It's very like the old school, you know, gritty Batman, like just, you know, taking out the garbage, um, doing his thing. And then he kind of runs into this like weird element where this this person is running around killing people with a 22, which is you know, kind of a foreshadow of a 22 uh, uh, handgun uh, killing all these people on different holidays. So what did you think of the, the lawyer, uh, Mr. Uh, Two-Face himself, Harvey Dent? Actually, my favorite story involving Two-Face, which uh, kind of saddens me that I don't have like 10 other really awesome Two-Face stories. Like we have this quintessential one that was made in like 96 from the original comic. And it's just awesome. I, I really loved like when when I see Batman and Two-Face where, you know, they actually were partners for a while at, before he became Two-Face. And there's a tragedy there of losing who would be like a really close friend of yours who could have been another Gordon for you. Mm-hmm. Imagine essentially it's like Batman losing a Gordon. And so what this movie and the comic do really well is showing his dual humanity, not just leaning so much into the um, the Two-Face part, but the fact that he was a really good, strong lawyer at first, you know, mm-hmm. and he built up, you know, that way. And, and so this movie, especially being two parts, really like lingered on that uh, a lot more, which I thought was great. And so, yeah, I, I really liked his lawyer stuff, you know, just him and, you know, I like the idea of having characters that are married too. And that want a family, want to raise kids and stuff. And there's another tragedy that before you become a villain that, you know, you had a wife and you wanted kids and you wanted things. You know, for a lot of people in the audience that can relate to this, the fact that his wife has depression and he has to deal with that while trying to make her happy and trying to save the city and work with this guy named Batman and Gordon and dealing with mobsters who are trying to kill you. So it's very stressful. So I, I thought Harvey was awesome in this. And this mobster story involving him was fantastic. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I mean, in the movies, you know, he says, you know, you live long enough, you'll you go from the hero to the villain, right? And then the fact that, like... It's uh, either you die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself, become, yourself the become the villain. Right? Absolutely. And he, he was Batman's white knight to dark uh, to batman's uh dark knight you know he really was the face of you know i believe in harvey dent you know like that's you know the whole slogan from the from the movies i do believe in that and harvey i think truly believed that but i think it was a part of him that was always two-faced and he just was fighting it to the point where eventually it just took over his his sanity what did you think of the voice acting i love uh naya rivera who played catwoman amazing i had never heard her voice before but she did a great role troy baker was just he nailed it like i just thought oh my god he is channeling mark hamill and i'd never i'd never heard him so like i've heard him plenty of times do uh the joker but this one i just thought okay he's got it it's on lock it's done he's the new joker and that's it but what did you think of naira and uh and troy baker yeah naira i give the highest praise for uh nailing a character it sometimes it's tough like the, the characters that 
don't always land for me when it comes to voices is either Catwoman or Gordon, actually. They actually had Mike from uh, Breaking Bad do a Gordon voice before, and I didn't like it. You know, it's just like, I love that character, but he does not sound like Gordon in my mind. Rivera did so amazing as Catwoman. She just 100% nailed it. And that, I mean, that voice would be locked in. I think if they wanted her to do any future projects, they they found like the perfect person for that voice as, as, as often as she wants it. And yeah, I, I think most of the voice casting in this one was really well done. I also think a standout for me was also the guy who did Calendar Man. A little more flamboyant, but still sinister. And I thought that was the perfect level for that character. And while, you know, while channeling like Hannibal Lecter, but making it your own. And so, yeah, I just I thought the general voice casting on this, uh, for most part, was uh, was just on point. Yeah, I got I got an only door that was just like, mm, it ain't Kevin Conroy, man. Like Jason and Jason Ankles, he's all right. I, I I wasn't a big fan of his voice. And, and, you know, be- and, and I will say big range of Batman voices. And there have actually been a lot of really good Batman voices. Mm-hmm. And Jason Ankles, I don't think was terrible. I think they wanted a younger sounding voice. And for anybody who's familiar with Supernatural, I think he's like that perfect fit. He's already worked with DC and Warner Brothers a lot, and so they already had him there, and they want a name that people will recognize. And so it's a good way to get in the crowd from Supernatural. Yeah. Um, do oh, I think yeah. Do I think he had the best voice for Batman? No. But does he have an okay, decent sounding voice for a younger Batman? I would say yeah. Yeah, I you know you're right. It is a younger Batman, but Jason O'Mara also has played him very well. I thought you know from Justice League and you know all the other ones. I thought Jason O'Mara has been an amazing Batman. Honestly, I forget the, yeah. the actor's name, but the actor that played RoboCop uh, in uh, The Dark Knight Returns, he mm-hmm. like he sounded amazing too. So yeah, the old we've the old had some Batman, really yeah. plenty of really great sounding Batmans. Um, I even like Will Arnett when he does Batman. Like he's done like the Lego Batman. So there's mm-hmm. been a couple of them that have done some really good Batman impressions. But yeah, other characters like Penguin or the Joker or others are harder to land. You know, mm-hmm, we've had mm-hmm. a lot of Batman and a lot of Joker. And when it comes to Joker, there's only like two to three voices I like for Joker. You know, yeah, including in Troy boat. Baker and Mark Hamill, you know. Yeah. Other than that, it's it's a short list. That's a tough voice to pull off and to do it convincingly. Like with Batman, it's like I get it. It's it's hard. But Joker, I mean, you you have to take your performance truly to the next level because there's so many great actors who've either been in live action who've done it or actually been in the anime. So you I feel like you're almost stepping in a bigger feats when you versus the Batman character voice. The Joker voice is so quintessential that and if you fall flat on that one, it just, just I honestly just it makes you want to walk away from the movie because then you really don't have that good counterpoint to Batman, and, you know? Yeah, and, and, and I 100% agree with you because uh, nothing against the actor personally, but so, for like the live action stuff and the recent movies, Jared Leto's Joker does nothing for me. His mm-hmm. look, his appearance, his mannerisms, his laugh, the way he talks, I think all of it is cartoony and goofy. And I'm one of the fans that does not believe the Ben Affleck Batman would go around beating up the Jared Leto Joker. Mm, you know, good point. It, his performance as a Joker completely throws me out of the uh, of the movies and sense when he's on screen as the Joker. You know, yeah. and again, it's nothing against it because I've seen Jared Leto perform really well in other movies and stuff. And I still give Warner Brothers and um, all the you know the directors and everything. Uh, who put him in the movies, like, you know, Zack Snyder and stuff, like, the choice and to do a Joker different. That's the other thing is, Batman can always stay the same, because it's the same guy, same story. But if you notice, every time we do someone like Joker, they're always trying to show a new version of crazy, with from Heath Ledger to Jack Nicholson, 
um, to the original one in the 60s, to the, what we saw in the animated series several times. You know, Joker, poor Joker gets tossed around so much. That's how they reinvent the wheel is through the Joker. They don't yeah. go through Batman. They mm-hmm. reinvent it through like char- characters like the Joker. Yeah, you need your sociopathic person for the times we live in, right? <laughs> you know, and I think that's what that's what the Joker is, right? Because mental, you know, mental illness on that level changes with the history, with the times that they're in. I think that's that's the hard thing to capture and really encapsulate. And that's what I mean. That's what we that's what we love about these characters. They're like there's these iconic characters that have gone through ge- like literally generations now. You can actually say that generations, which is a, an amazing feat. And they're changing and evolving with the, with the needs of the with the people. But that's the nice thing about this Halloween. I'm glad they broke it up into the long Halloween. I'm glad they broke it up into two parts. And we watched it together. Uh, we didn't actually. There was like a long break in between. We didn't actually wait. We literally went from one to the other one. And looking at it in its entirety, it's a it's an amazing work. And they really do it justice. You've seen plenty of comics that fall flat on the animation, and this is the case the music was amazing the sound quality was amazing the the you know everything i thought overall acting wise and the plot and the way they did it the uh it was it was it was well it was the 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 choreography, the the screen, the acting, the the you know even the digital elements were superb. I just thought overall this was a I mean this could be in any movie theater and stand toe to toe with any other you know uh, cartoon animation like adult kind of film. Yeah, I also think the timing of this movie coming out right now is perfect because we do have Halloween around the corner, and this is also a really well done who done it mystery mm-hmm. that you can watch any time of the year. For anybody out there who uh, is maybe not the biggest Batman fan, but you have a a nephew or a niece or someone who you know that is a Batman fan, this would be a perfect movie to get him for Christmas or for Halloween or Mm -hmm. for whatever. So if you got that Batman fan in your life, husband, wife, whoever, um, part one and two would be a great gift for people. Um, I I think it's a, a classic from the original stories of Batman. Uh, and you know they just nine out of ten times they always do a good Batman story with the animated stuff, and this is no exception. This movie gets full marks in my opinion. Yeah, I'm in the same coat because I rented it, and now I'm like, mm, I might think about buying this for my collection because I was like, oh, let's just rent it and see how it goes. But uh, this is one that you get, you know, you could really add to the collection and feel like, okay, if you if you have friends who like who like mystery and novels and a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of this, a little very much a detective whodunit kind of story this is it i mean this is a really amazing well together uh you could you could put you could just not even put batman on and be like wow this is a great detective movie in itself right such cool and, key moments yeah, where like yeah. the, like one big beat will be like boom some interesting character died and then it'll be like it'll be like april 1st and then boom another character mm-hmm. died it'll be like christmas and then like boom another character died new year's and it's not just Batman trying to solve the the story. Uh, you know, you got Harvey Dent trying to solve it. You mm-hmm. got Joker trying to solve it. You got Gordon. Gordon. It's multiple people trying to put the pieces together. And so it's a very original, interesting whodunit kind of story. So um, like you said, Byron, he's like you take away the Batman part of it, and it's just a really good whodunit story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I totally get it. And I totally, I totally get this whole thing where they're going. And uh, just the quality. It's good to see good quality anime animation this is directed by chris palmer hey hats off to him man if you keep making movies like that uh we, we will be quite entertained so overall what would, what would you think what would you score this as you know uh 
maybe there are some flaws that I've missed, uh, but I give it like a solid nine. Yeah, I, I think it's just up there. You know, I wouldn't say it's quite perfect, but it's definitely up there. And I remember just like by the time you get to part two, I was a hundred percent in. Mm-hmm. Um, every part of part two got me. Like one, you know, it's a little bit of a slow burner, but once you really get into the story, but yeah, like part two really got me. You mm-hmm. know, I would say collectively everything is like a nine. I would say that part one. 8.5 and then part two is where it hits that nine 9.5 for me yeah something t- about part two really sucked me in i agree with you 100 9.0 definitely a solid buy pointed to this i really um i mean just looking at the trailer alone you you're you're pretty i'm pretty amazed by this whole situation behold by the whole movie it's a it's a quality uh quality built Batman storyline. It stands on its own. Like I said, my only drawback is, uh, you know, the voice acting for Batman, but you know, no one's going to be Kevin Conroy. That's that's my quintessential Batman. But after that, I think, wow, like just an amazingly well put together, well done, well written, well well acted storyline. And, uh, you know, we're living in these COVID times. I would love to see this on the big screen because the sound quality is simply phenomenal. Um, and I and I don't even really like going to the three movie theaters at all. But this one deserves that level of like, okay, let's sit in the movie theater and hear this this great this great audio and uh, great acting and uh, you know uh, just overall. I couldn't speak highly enough about this one. So yeah, let's uh, let's give it a nine point on that one. Totally agree. Okay, thanks again for listening to At First Glance. Just remember, you can find us on iTunes and on Podbean. See you there. Thank you.